Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price the Business Show. I am your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And let's face it, what's going on in the global is all of our business. And uh, Adrian Kodecki, he is uh, practically a regular on the program. I'm trying to get him on more and more uh, because we always get phenomenally uh, positive feedback every time he's on the program. He is a personal favorite of mine. He is a show favorite from the audience, and so I love having him on. He's a council general of Poland in New York, and everyone knows my love for Poland. Poland is one of my favorite countries in the world, uh, among the many countries I've visited, and uh, uh, he's a huge fan of that, their people their, and what they uh, really stand for. Uh, Adrian, always glad to have you on the program. Welcome back to the program. Um, Thank you very much. Again, one of our favorite we're, people to have on you. That's so great. We're on the radio. Uh, no one can see that I'm blushing right now after this introduction. Well, all, all uh, from my heart. I'm a big and so are my uh, listeners, and so glad to have you on. So, listen, you know, you have such a unique perspective that I cannot get from policy wonks in D.C., and I love policy wonks in D.C. I talk a lot to those guys and, and gals, uh, but you have such a, a front world perspective. Even though your office is in New York, I know you spend an enormous amount of time in uh, po Poland and, of course, in Eastern Europe and communicating in a diplomatic uh, capacity with uh, those countries, and so uh, I love getting your take on things. The Wagner mutiny attempt, I think, was unbelievable. It was almost, it was almost like fiction to watch, like like a movie uh, as it unfolded. And uh, uh, your take on the Wagner uh, mutiny attempt was um, one of demonstration of how weak Putin actually is. It was an interesting. Uh, interesting event as it unfolded. Why don't you go ahead and, and set the stage for us? Well, I think, first of all, I, I'd rather call it uh, a series, not a movie, uh, and we're still watching the, the progress. It's still not uh, over yet. Uh, we we all have a feeling that we only seen the first chapter or, or the first episode, if you will, uh, of uh, some sort of, uh, on one hand, coup, maybe some wind of change is blowing right now in uh, Russia, but there is still possibility that this is just a setup and maybe some introduction to, to some other perspective and some other development that Putin might have uh, in his head. Um, so since we are only able to speculate in this manner, I think that uh, we can look at it through different perspectives. Through this positive perspective, if that was um, the attempted coup organized by uh, Prigozhin and his army. Uh, even today, earlier in the morning, I, I wrote an, an interesting article that is pointing out that also the regular Russian army did not really do anything on the way of those Prigozhin military people to stop them. So it might be an indication that perhaps also Russia and Russian people are fed up with uh, the war, uh, with this ongoing crisis, which is not going towards any solution. And basically, it means uh, great embarrassment and, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, lost for, for Russia, since Russia was not able to achieve any of their goals starting the conflict in Ukraine. So the wind of change 
if we mean changes uh, towards the more democratic Russia and end of Putin era could potentially be good. Uh, but here is obviously uh, the dark or darker side of it. Uh, first of all, we can't be sure that any of those changes would be uh, actually pro-democratic. Uh, we can uh, equally uh, possible is that we can expect uh, something uh, perhaps even worse than the Putin administration or Putin uh, approach to, to this war. But I think that the worst, the worst scenario that we are discussing right now is a setup between Putin and Prigozhin. We know that even though these two gentlemen are not friends and, and Prigozhin was never uh, the, the inner circle of, of Putin's allies, but he was always useful and handy. And we know that this Prigozhin army, this Wagner group, uh, is one of the most brutal. They don't have any moral compass. Uh, these people have nothing to lose. Uh, the group consists of former prisoners. Uh, they are known from their brutality, and not only with Ukraine, but earlier in Syria, in many uh, many conflicts uh, in Africa where, where they were involved. And Putin uh, was always using Wagner Group uh, to do the dirty job. If there is any setup, uh, we might see some development that is not necessarily good. And some indications that are concerning. Uh, very recently, Putin, together with Lukashenko, uh, announced the relocation of some of the nukes Russian nukes, um, tactical nukes, to the territory of Belarus. So one step closer to the NATO, um, one step closer to to West. Obviously, not mentioning one step closer to Polish border. Um, but at the same time, uh, from what we know, Prigozhin and some of his people were also moved to Belarus. And again, this is correlation. We can't say at this moment whether these two facts are connected or not. But we definitely have to monitor. And Polish President Andrzej Duda visited Kyiv yesterday, together with the Lithuanian president. They were discuss uh, they were discussing uh, uh, that subject um, uh, mainly. Mm-hmm. And very soon we will have a NATO summit in Vilnius, which will also be overtaken to some extent by these recent developments in Russia. Yeah. So that was a lot to unbox. <laughs> that was a lot there. Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I want everyone to understand that uh, the Wagner Group uh, is not a heroic player in this whole situation. Uh, I think if the Wagner Group somehow figured out how to pu- pull off a coup attempt, uh, it would be very similar to what you see in third world countries, places like uh, in, in Africa or in the Middle East, uh, uh, more, really more like Africa or South America, some of those kind of really brutal regime chains that they were able to figure that out, which, you know, I think that may have been a stretch, but just the perception of it happening was enough to terrify Putin uh, just from a PR perspective. So I, I don't think they would be better. I, I certainly agree with you on that. And I'm not even sure if there's anyone in the wings that would be much better. I worry about that in regards to Putin. I do think Putin, you know, he's been around for a very, very long time. I think that uh, the, the government that he inherited was utterly disappointed in terms of its global influence and in terms of its geography. Uh, he has a, a certain amount of, of wanderlust that reminds me of Hitler, to be honest with you. It's an, the accumulation of land. And uh, here he is, uh, after all these years, with uh, very little to show for it if land, getting more land was part of his objective. He has failed, failed miserably in that front. You've got a little bit in uh, Chechnya. You've got a little bit in Georgia. You've got a very little bit that's unstable in uh, Ukraine. 
And so I, I, that's what makes him particularly dangerous to me. Well, to some extent, I agree with you. What I don't agree with, and, and I often say that, that, that these comparisons uh, between Putin uh, and Hitler are not accurate in one very important aspect. I don't really think that taking down Putin um, puts an automatic end to the era of dictatorship and uh, puts full stop on these plans or ambitions of restoring Soviet Union or the Russian Empire. Uh, empire. Because this idea, this idea of Great Russia, um, this uh, sentiment that apparently a collapse of the Soviet Union was one of the major failures of Russia in 20th century, um, and support, frankly speaking, this is very saddening, but, but the reality is that support uh, of this war in Ukraine uh, is somehow stronger and goes beyond this this one single individual. And some people say that, that that's obviously hard to uh, say at this point. But but there some people pointing out that Putin, among other people that are surrounding him, is the one that is the most educated, the one that is the most acquainted with the West and the Western style of being. This was the guy who used to attend all the parties. He attended, uh, he, he was a guest, was invited to, to the international forums. So he socialized. Uh, on the contrary to some people who are surrounding him who, who never had this touch of West, and they might go even beyond Putin being more brutal, disobey international law uh, and regulations even to, to much more extent that Putin does. Um, and I think this is important perspective. Also, Russia is one of those countries where oligarchs are playing very important role. Even behind the scenes, those people are, are usually uh, considered those who pull the strings. Uh, so, so unlike the Nazis in Germany um, and the Third Reich, uh, I think that Russia needs a little bit more substantial uh, changes to actually convert from the, the dictatorship to, to proper democracy where, where people are really waking up. Um, but, but obviously, uh, we discussed Putin's administration and his responsibility for what is going on, and, and obviously this is, this is, needless to say, a, a part of the problem. However, just this single individual uh, this is solving him, uh, if I may say that way, is not the, the, the entire solution for, for the problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And to be clear on my part, uh, I was not uh, saying that he is like the Nazis or they are like the Nazi regimes, although there's terrible things that go on in the Putin government. I'm just saying that lust for land, that has seemed to become a big priority for Putin. Before his attack on Ukraine, I I've never liked Putin, liked Putin of course, uh, but I, would always, I, I always believed he was the smartest guy in the room. Uh, incredibly sophisticated, knew how to read a room and read what was going on in a way that, uh, you know, really is demonstrative of good leaders. Uh, not the only trait, but demonstrative of that. I don't think Putin today is the same Putin that we knew before the attack on Ukraine. Something has happened, in my opinion. He's not the same guy. And, well, I, uh, I, I and, agree and he, with you. Oh, but I agree yeah. with you, but interestingly enough, Putin always has to consider, and I think this is the, the perspective that he's looking at, at everything pretty much, is how to remain uh, on his position and in, in the power uh, in Russia that struggles and struggled even before the war in Ukraine with so many internal issues and problems. And obviously, 
one of the solutions is to create this common enemy uh, and to create the problem uh, then to starting implement solutions. I think beforehand, before the war started, if you would ask the average ordinary Russian person if he uh, pro or against uh, invasion in Ukraine, they, they would probably in majority against it. But since this invasion started, majority, vast majority of Russian people would like to see Russia's victory instead of uh, Russia losses. Since the war has started, since the coffins are with the fallen soldiers are coming pretty much every day to every little even town in Russia, um, people don't see the sense of it as long as Russia is really losing. So it's starting to be this invasion which was supposed to help uh, uh, Putin internally starts to work against him. And, and I think that, that, that event on Saturday with Prigozhin in the epicenter is, is the emphasis of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of rumor, as you well know, that uh, Putin has serious health issues, maybe cancer. Uh, even I, I see a lot of this, and from legitimate publications, none of which are claiming that this is fact. They don't have any evidence, but there's a lot of speculation, and uh, that may be impacting his really failure or lack of long-term thinking uh, that has been uh, really a hallmark of how he does things. For Putin, they love to posture him like an ideologue. I think he's extremely pragmatic. He asks what works for him, <laughs> and he sticks to it passionately, uh, again, not seeming like that. What do you think about the health rumors? Well, speaking from a little humoristic perspective, Russia has a good track record in keeping the the, the, the deceased uh, country leaders alive for a while, as we know, Lenin or Stalin and uh, the Soviet Union. Um, uh, but this is obviously a joke. I think these are probably some hopes that there is some natural course of events that will drag down uh, Putin and Putin and then of the Russia. Uh, his illness could be some sort of explanation to something that is really hard to explain why he even decided to invade Ukraine in the first place. But I think this is also some distracting points to us. And, and as much as I understand that, that uh, some portion of public opinion uh, pays attention to, 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 to those rumors or to those speculations. Uh, us working in the foreign relations, uh, working on the analyzing situation, we really have to focus on facts. This is why um, the situation on Saturday is so um, uh, difficult to understand, because we, we still don't feel that we have the full scope or scope of information uh, to to uh, really get any takeaways from, from that situation. Uh, but we also think that the uh, development of those events that was so bizarre, so extraordinary, so weird, if I may put it that way, uh, that we will see, we were almost 100% sure that we will see the development of it very soon. Hopefully, uh, something that will change uh, things for good, not uh, make things worse. Yeah, very interesting. All right, we're running out of time. Why don't you wrap it up with your final thoughts, a little bit of insight um, based on what you think will be uh, unfolding as a result of this. Well, I think that the the, the major lesson that we can take from this that these events, uh, the, even now, not knowing the end result of it perhaps, is that if even if we think that this war has settled and it doesn't, require as much attention as initially did. As you can see, the dynamics are unpredictable. This is why we need to stop Russia. 
definitely. And, and there is no question marks, no alternatives to it, because we will see the stories like that uh, coming in the future. Uh, and eventually they, they might uh, lead to, to the higher threat to, to Poland, to the countries of Eastern Europe, but to entire NATO and also to the United States of America. This is why we should really remain focused on, on helping Ukraine and um, uh, putting stop on, on Russia's imperialistic plans. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Always love having uh, uh, the uh, Council General from Poland, Adrian Kobecki, on the program, one of my favorite guests and, and really one of the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable people I talk to regarding Europe in general and particularly Eastern Europe. Thanks so much for being with us. I want to chat with you for just a minute during the break, but love having you on the program. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Thanks so much.